What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Two Worlds Podcast. I'm Jake, and with me, as always, is the Cortana to my Master Chief. It's Casey. What's up, buddy? Hey, listen. That's Cortana, right? (laughs) I know you're kidding. That is so bad. (laughs) I was like, I mean, you just got two fandoms to be like, I know. (laughs) The testing room guys just switched off. Yep, we just lost them forever. Thanks. Now, now who am yep. I going to DM for? <laughs> I guess it'll just have to be me. <laughs> just me by myself. I'm like, I walk into the tavern. And you're like, I'm like, okay, do all of the voices. <laughs> and you were, you were playing the long con with that one. Yeah. By the way, good DMing again. I, list, I listened to it. It was a good time. Oh, thanks, man. I'm glad that you liked it. I've been having yeah, just a, a jolly I, good time with it. I bet. I mean, it, honestly, it just every time I listen, though, it, it's one of those things where I'm like, I get the itch. And I also look for this other podcast that I used to listen to that did, you know, Dungeons and Dragons stuff. It's called Gumshoe and Goblins. And it's like, it was super good. It had like two episodes and then like they took like eight months off and they had a third episode. I'm like, sweet. And then never again. Oh, that is very sad. <laughs> so how was your week, man? Oh, not too bad. I mean, didn't do a whole lot, honestly. What about you, man? That was pretty good. I, I started a new game. That's been that's What's been that? cool. It's called a plague tale. Have you heard of it? Not at all. Oh, okay. Well, it's like uh it's like a stealth slash action adventure slash survival horror game that takes place in France during the plague. Okay, nice. It's pretty rad. It's like, I think it came out in 2019, but it looks very, very good. Like, so fucking good. And uh, pretty rough, like pretty hard, though, or not so bad? Well, I'm like three hours into it um but yeah i mean it focuses so much on like because you're like a a girl leading your little brother through places so it's really heavy on the stealth but the parts where you got to use combat it's like kind of (laughs) tough and it's it's definitely like the the scary parts are pretty scary so it's it's fun it's fun stuff Thanks, man. And I, I just and I found out also, today that they're doing a sequel in October. So it's like, oh man, that's exciting. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have to wait perfect. multiple years. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect timing. Yeah. And then you also you went and got some uh, old retro games over the weekend too. I did. I went to the Missouri Game Con, uh, which was a lot of fun. Went with my lady, and uh, we took her brother because he was visiting us. And I picked up some some cool games. The the one I was looking for was not there, unfortunately. So I I made up for that with uh, a multitude of other games. <laughs> what, what was the one you're looking for? Something Fire Emblem related, I'm assuming. Or it no? is, yeah. Fire Emblem Path of Radiance on the GameCube. It's 
very elusive and very expensive but i thought if i I were going to find it that it would have been here because the last time i went it was there but i was like i'm not gonna spend that much on it and i've never seen it for that price since so (laughs) yeah dude um that reminds me i keep meaning to tell you about it there's this um like comic strip dude on uh instagram it's called wooden plank studios and they have like this whole series of smash brothers related and so like way back i don't know how long ago it's it's been now but uh, sephiroth killed all of them like he poisoned this you know poisoned the punch or whatever they all died except for um incineroar because he was gone and then like that's right when uh the dude from Tekken got announced, uh, Kazuya. So like, and then Kazuya showed up, he just saw them all dead. So he decided to toss them all off the side of the, you know, the uh, like uh, mountain. Like he got tossed off when he was a kid. Cause that's just how his brain worked. And so then they had like, those two then had to team up to bring, like bring them all back. And so they're slowly reviving people. They're doing uh, the fire emblem people now. And it's, it's pretty funny. That sounds like a good time. Yeah, I I will absolutely check that out. Yeah, now you can binge it since it's been going on for so long. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Plus, us Fire Emblem fans are always starved. So, (laughs) yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the news. It was abysmal this week. I'm guessing since last week was so good. So. Uh, I don't have a lot at all, so I'll let you uh, go first. Yeah, most of mine's kind of just, you know, quick talk, quick talking points, but whatever. Uh, So the working title for the Godzilla vs. Kong sequel is going to be called Origins. And in the notes I put, oh, Lord, I hope it's better than X-Men Origins. (laughs) Dude, you take any chance you can to bring up that movie. (laughs) I mean, in all fairness, this is another movie called The Origins of a franchise. It's not that hard of a leap. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I mean, my, my main worry is it's like there's so many times where these nerds are like, oh man, you know, you know, these movies would be cool if like all of the humans weren't there and it was just monkey punch lizard the whole time. And it's like I mean, would it really be that cool? <laughs> like, for two hours? Just that? Really? Maybe. You know, I'm not convinced. So if it's Origins and it's, they, they taught, and like, I know the director was like, I want to do one where it's in the past and it's, you know, all this nonsense. It's like, boy, I don't want that. But you know, whatever it might be, it might still be fine. Might, might. But I wish Michael Doherty was directing again and not this dude. I'm just, I don't know, wasn't as big of a fan of his take as I was on Doherty. Right. Well, I hope that it's at least enjoyable for you. Yeah, I mean, I have a feeling they're leaning more and more into like how the later Fast and the Furiouses are, where it's just like, let's get as stupid as possible. And it's like, I, I think that's what they're just like, let's do that. And, yeah. you know, so, I mean, maybe it'll be fine. 
And then, um, so do you have spider punks first? <laughs> Sorry, the, the dog is playing with something she found on the ground. She has impeccable yeah, timing. <laughs> I know. Uh, but yeah, the spider punks first appearance probably didn't go up in price. So you better get that graded, man, if you got it. I because don't, but do you know what it is? It's what it, like probably Amazing Spider-Man, one of those numbers, because it's because I remember him showing up when they were doing that whole Spider-Verse nonsense and Dan Slots run. But you are correct. Number. It's it's number ten from that run. I think it came out in 2015. Okay. I think I have that one somewhere, in not very good condition. So. Well, but uh yeah it's it's he's gonna appear in the new spider-verse movie they actually already have toys you don't stop it i'm gonna take that from you <laughs> this this is what she was playing with oh excellent um well you know speaking of movie stuff that's all i've got this week by the way uh jason momoa posted pictures with ben affleck on instagram saying that they shot scenes for Aquaman 2. And I think that got a lot of people pretty excited. How, do, how did you feel about it? Uh, I'm interested. So I actually read from some insiders. I, I did air quotes for those that are just listening. And apparently the big reason why they did the shoot, the, the shoots is because it's uh, reshoots from scenes that were actually Michael Keaton scenes. But since this is now taking place before Flash, they're like, we have to, you know, we have to like reshoot it. But the interesting part too is they're like, had, you know, the people that were in charge were still in charge and whatnot, Ben wouldn't have come back. So he's actually like, because before he was just like, I'm done, no more Batman ever because I hate these people, basically. And then now he's like more open to it because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't. That, like he doesn't have a problem with these people in charge and that's got Snyder fanboys like you know frothing at the mouth basically right I guess I didn't realize that Keaton was going to be in this one I didn't I didn't really know either I didn't know there was going to be Batman scenes at all in this one so right I wonder what that's going to involve I think that's pretty interesting I think it's it's only supposed to be like two scenes as Bruce. So it's probably like, you know, Aquaman being like, hey, let's go to this party and eat some pizza, like, you know, skateboard, Bruce. And he's like, I have a business to run. He's like, okay, tubular. And he like skates off or whatever. <laughs> it's like, my yeah. man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I think this might break your heart, but Star Wars Knights Old Republic remake has been delayed indefinitely after the firing of the game's art director, Jason Miner, and its design director, Brad Prince. People are saying it won't release till 2025 or later. So I'm not too broken up about it personally, but how do you feel? Uh, I'm bummed. I, I was pretty stoked for that. Um, and like, I think it'll still happen because they've been working on it for a while. It just sucks that it's going to be at least <laughs> a few more years. 
because I feel like we've been waiting that long anyways. Um, but, you know, I'll be patient. There's plenty of other stuff to play until then. It's just one of those, it's like one of the, one of the best games ever made. And I really, mm-hmm. I have high expectations for the, the remake to, to give it some that, much needed updates. Problem. That's my problem is like, Knights of the Republic was so awesome. And you know what happened the last time? There was this really awesome Star Wars game that got updated. We got Battlefront, the new one. Yeah, I, but this is oh. a bit different. I mean, this is purely a story-based game where Battlefront is more yeah. multiplayer-centered. I see but what you mean. Should... Like, trust me, I don't trust EA for anything. <laughs> I but still play their games, like... but, you know. But Battlefront... See, so yeah, we got someone joining in the conversation. She's like, I love Battlefront. What are you talking <laughs> about? But, um, but Battlefront was like easy it's just the easiest thing to make it's just like update graphics boom bingo bingo bongo you're done and ea's like let's just do two levels and make it shitty (laughs) it's like that's a weird actions yeah it's like that that's a it's a weird plan ea let's see if it's gonna work maybe people will love it we didn't so, so now it's like Knights of the Republic, where it's like, boy, this will be very easy to fumble. And EA's <laughs> got butter all over their hands. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I, I know that Battlefront has become a good game since that release, but... This is like a story-based game like this, I think needs to be good out the gate or people just aren't yeah, aren't gonna care. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. No, I mean like I remember I remember there was a Assassin's Creed, I think it was like Origins or some nonsense. I don't know, they're all kind of the same to me. But it was like people that love those games were really hyped and then they came out and it was damn near unplayable. And then they're like, oh no. This game that you spent $60 on, just wait like a couple months. We'll get the bugs fixed. And it's like, no one wants that. No, you're you're thinking of Assassin's Creed Unity, which is maybe the oh, worst sorry. game that I have ever played. Uh, like I said, they're, they're all the same to me. <laughs> no, I know. But there are good Assassin's Creed games. But this one yeah. was just so bad faces missing in cutscenes, stuff to just truly give you nightmares like just a mouth and eyes yeah. hanging there in the cutscene. <laughs> dude that's like all right this is off subject but with 2k that's one of the funniest things it's like it's the same game every year you don't have to do a lot just update the roster and maybe update but they'll be like glitching their dirt their pants like out there things so there's just legs running and i'm like what <laughs> why is this happening <laughs> I know, I know. It's like, it's like, man, you you couldn't you couldn't wait till that was fixed. Like that's a pretty big thing. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. I mean, I'm not it's a like, game but developer. No, look at how sweaty they are now. It's like, yeah, I know. I right. I wish they weren't. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like we got the sweat on this so good. It's like, yeah, but their hair is glitching into their back. It's like, yeah, but they're sweaty. <laughs> 
Okay, so uh, Destin Daniel Cretton from Shang-Chi will direct Marvel's next Avengers film, Avengers Kang Dynasty. So he, like, I'm not the biggest fan of that movie because of, like, just the way they did Shang, which is, like, I get because you can't just have a kung fu guy. You have to have him, like, have superpowers. So, like, I get why, but just kind of hurts my heart. But the action scenes are awesome in it. So, like, him directing this should be pretty cool. Uh, can he do worse than the Russos? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, because that's that's one thing. And I get, like, people love the Russos because, like, they did the bare minimum. And they, you know, they absolutely love them and stuff. And it, But, like, their fight scenes, it's kind of like Michael Bay-style fight scenes a lot of the time where it's like, oh, we don't trust the CGI, so we're going to move the camera around a lot. And it's going to seem more you know, immersive or whatever they want to call it. And I hate that type of stuff. With the Shang-Chi stuff, it was more like a Kung Fu movie. So I'm hoping they kind of go, you know, they keep that kind of style where it's like, the you know, you are focused on the action. We'll slow it down and show, you know, him nearly getting Shang and all this type of stuff. I hope that's how they do it. And I hope it's not the whole immersive crap that I, I don't like. Yeah, agreed. I still need to see Shang-Chi <laughs> one of it's, these days. I mean, yeah, it's, it's perfectly fine. Um, all, all right. I got are a couple rumors. So I'll let you finish up and I'll do the rumors. Yeah. So we got a proper trailer for the Andor show. And also uh, we saw that it was moved to September 21st. I think it was supposed to come out in August, but now it's September 21st, you know, which is whatever. I don't know if you watched the trailer. I thought it looked incredible. Like, I am very, very, very excited for this. Watched a brief, I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched a little bit of it, and it's like, oh, that looks pretty neat. Funny thing that I I do want to mention, though, I saw on Twitter, uh, someone called Heather Antos a Nazi because she said it looked good. I don't know the person the person that was saying it was like I don't even remember the way they justified it made zero sense and yeah and then people were like how and it's like oh I guess you can't read you're an illiterate and a Nazi and it's like oh okay you're just trolling really hard yeah (laughs) I don't like I don't see how I mean, unless it's for the genocide of the Jews, I don't see how liking something makes you a Nazi anyways. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's like if you're reading, you know, the diary of Anne Frank and you're like, I hope they get her, then like, you're a Nazi. Yeah. But if you're like, I hope she gets away, then, you know, you're not. Like, that's, it's pretty easy that way. Sure. <laughs> And then when it comes to Star Wars, it has nothing to do with anything. Crazy. I thought no. it looked really good. No. Um, the music was cool. The The action scenes that we saw were cool. What I, what I didn't know that they said in the trailer was that it was from the creators of Rogue One. I wasn't sure if it would be or, you know, what was going to happen there, but it is. So that makes me even more excited for it. Um, 
I think it's just going to be a cool, like, spy slash birth of the rebellion series. It's going to be cool. Yeah. I'll just be honest. Disney's just kind of killed interest for me in Star Wars. It's like hard for me to get hyped about anything Star Wars related at this point. Well, I mean, if you had just watched that sequel trilogy, I could understand it because they weren't good at all. Um, I only watched the first one and I was like, you know what? I'm done. Hey, yeah. You gotta tell, tell Jake about Star Wars. <laughs> she's like, what did he say about the sequels? Uh, yeah, she's like, those are the ones that got me into it. Man, I, I know you, you probably never will, but don't don't watch those other two movies. Just watch The Mandalorian. Yeah, I, it's so good. It's so yeah. good. So the best part see. about those sequels, too, though, is like they got a good cast. You know, it's like it's another one of those moments where it's like, boy, you got the hard part done. And it's like you're just you're just fumbling, fumbling the stuff, you know, everything else. <laughs> right. No, I mean, the cast was fine. I just thought the writing was bad. That's exactly. It's like you have so many different things that you can take from and you just choose not to. And then they let two different people do three movies. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, whatever. We don't need to get into the the fucking sequels right now. But anyway, we can do that youtube <laughs> right andor looks cool i'm excited they changed the date and that is it so carry on good sir okay so got some like not one's not really a rumor the other one is a rumor so we're gonna take a trip to the rumor mill it's been a while let's hope it's still there it's been a uh, while it's been a while since we went since we went to the rumor mill <laughs> Uh, a lot of rumblings and rumors of a prominent in quotes actor has signed on to play Reed Richards so we don't really know who it could be and these little shits are just like play fighting right next to me (laughs) my guess is Christopher Walken oh dude (laughs) you don't know how happy that would make me (laughs) and how many people that would really upset like, now, you know, you know, the Marvel fanboys would be like, well, I don't know, just give it a shot. Like, he's kind of what I always pictured. I, if I could do um, even a remotely decent walk-in impression, I would say something trying to be funny, but I can't, so I won't. But yeah, the thought of that just really just gets my goose. Uh, my, my old roommate, Josh, sent me a TikTok that was like, someone saying it's like well marvel just can't cast dr doom you know any worse than the last two dr dooms and then someone goes i want cat williams (laughs) 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 and then the the dude like then does an impression of cat williams as dr doom and it's hilarious that sounds amazing have we i mean I don't know. We we've talked enough about the casting. I, I I guess I'll just wait and see who they pick. But I wonder if they're gonna announce that stuff soon. Like surely they've been working on this. Like, yeah. I mean, if 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 they they you know 
did cast the prominent actor. They're probably still trying, they're now going to be trying to cast the rest of them and whatnot and go from there. Yeah. Uh, and then the other rumor is Tobey Maguire is set to return as Spider-Man in Secret Wars. He's going to have the black suit. And I don't like that. If he, if this rumor is true, it should be Andrew Garfield that gets the black suit because Tobey's already had it. And it's also like Tobey Spider-Man, like he, like in the other one, it's like he seemed happy. He doesn't need to come back and probably die. Right. Yeah, I think like at this point, we all know how much Jake loves Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, but I think Andrew Garfield would really like another go as Spider-Man, so yeah. let, let that guy have it. Yeah. Those were my two rumors. Okay. Well, now we're going to take our ad break, or if you're watching on YouTube, our little exclusive YouTube break. And then we'll come back and talk some comics. So we'll be right back. All right. Welcome back, folks. If you would like to hear Casey and I talk about the video game Virtual On for several minutes, then uh, head on over to our YouTube channel. That's Two Worlds Podcast on YouTube, where we talk about it. Yeah. And if you want to have us stream just us talking about it right into your, you know, into your household, onto your TV. Don't ask us how do we, you know, are able to do that, but we are. All you have to do <laughs> is do some smoke signals from your backyard saying, I want exactly that, like exactly what I just said, smoke signals, and we will see it. And we'll be streaming directly to your bedroom TV. <laughs> holy crap yeah um about that so (laughs) i read bloodborne lady of the lanterns number one gambit number one detective comics 1062 deathstroke inc number 11 task force z number 10 robin number 16 Action Comics 1045, Strange number four, and Public Domain number two. No Superman Space Age for you. I got it. I just didn't get all the way through it. I got you, man. All right. So I did 8 Billion Genies number three, World's Finest number five, Kaiju Score three and four, Aquaman number six, Genie Zero number three, Superman Space Age, book one, Detective Comics, uh, 1062, Robin 16, Task Force Z 10, Strange, number four, and Action Comics, 1045. So no public domain? No, I, I didn't get in on that one. You didn't? I thought, didn't we talk about number one? It's Zdarsky's book? Nope. Dude, this is something that you need to be reading. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, like you you would love yeah. it. Why, why aren't you reading I, it? <laughs> I think it was a big week, the week that it came, the first issue came out. And I was like, well, 
and pick it up. Well, text me about one and two. Like, it's it's such a book that you would like. All right. Well, I'm going to start with Eight Billion Genes by Charles Soule and Ryan Brown. And so, yeah, people, more wishes are happening. This is the first eight days. So there's, you know, six trillion people and there's only four trillion genies left. So there's lots of crazy wishes happening and you get a bunch of crazy stuff going on and it's a really cool time i just i i love this series it's such a fun series one of the main characters in the bar makes his wish then and i'm not gonna say what it is just in case people are like oh i was waiting for casey's review of this before i read it (laughs) but yeah it's really good i think everyone should be reading this book i i'm loving all about it. Charles Soule's a really good writer. I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, yeah, it's just a really, really good time. Okay. I'm glad you're liking it. The uh, the flippers are going nuts over that one. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe I should try flipping it, huh? Make some money. I mean, yeah, I would sooner than later, just in case the show doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, okay, so right. next, I well, not next. First, I will talk about Deathstroke, Inc., number 11. It's written by Ed Brisson, and the art is done by Dexter Soy. I want, I really, really, really want to like this, but I just don't. Um, Mm-hmm. don't know what it is the art though is so good like look at this i think it's incredible um yeah but yeah it's just more of him like i know i'm a bad father and it makes me bad for not caring about my kid i'm like yep it does and then it's like, I, I shouldn't have given up my my wife and son for killing people, but I just love killing people so much. It's like, okay. And then it's like, Green Arrow shows up at the end and they're going to fight next issue, but I'm not going to find out how it goes because I was bored to death. So, yeah, I'm going to give it like a fat three, I think. But the art... The art is what gives it those three points. Like, I'm just going to say this, just as a comic book fan, we don't need multi-art origin stories anymore. I don't care if it's Batman, Deathstroke, uh, Bawana Beast. I don't care. Just do a a one-panel recap, and then we're good. Just do an original story. You know, like that, there's just no need of this. Yeah. And then it's not even that good. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Like that creative team, Ed Brisson, Dexter Soy, incredible. Give me something, give me something new. I don't want to, I don't Mm -hmm. want to read about him thinking about why he's a bad father and husband. Who wants to read that? Deathstroke year one should be him getting his cool suit and then just killing a bunch of people or like going down his hit list having a grand old time 
it should be fun i shouldn't i shouldn't be thinking about morality you know while reading deathstroke (laughs) drives me nuts no you're 100 percent right man okay so world's finest issue five by mark wade and dan moore dan moore's art is just the bomb (sighs) the way they end up beating the you know demon is super cool really smart mark wade's a really good writer um like prologue spring of the demon back it's kind of you know what it sounds it's like they're how they're working into lazarus island is a little so so in my opinion um and then like i'm interested in seeing what you know about rescuing robin that should be pretty cool but this was really good it's like it's less of a batman superman book and more of a just hey mark wade wants to write these guys book yeah but I really, really like it. I think that's another book that people should be reading. And yeah, I'm probably going to go nine out of 10. Dan Moore's art's super good. I'm glad you liked that one. I, it, was, it was a real treat when it came out. Yeah. All right. Public domain number two. It is written and drawn by Chip Zdarsky. Uh, it's cool where they're, they're dealing more with um, the legality of the dad and not getting the rights to the comic that he created. I mean, it really is just pretty much the story of Stan Lee and spin the wheel with artists he worked with um but it's really really good chip when chip like wants to be serious and do like i don't know i hate to just be vague with character interactions but like he really nails drama when he's on and and i'm sure casey knows what i mean from from uh sex criminals uh he didn't but, write sex criminals, but I know he didn't write it, but it's some some of the scenes have that same feel to it. Um, but anyway, I don't know. It's just good stuff. I like it a lot. I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten. Really looking forward to the next one. Okay. I mean yawning right when I was about to talk about Aquaman is about perfect. Um <laughs> it's Aquaman number six by Brandon Thomason. Chuck Brown uh, with Max Rainer on the art. I was bored to tears. Uh, like, I really had trouble just getting through this. I kind of skimmed it in parts because it's just like, I just don't care at all. And then it ends with them being like, Aquaman's dead along with all the Justice League and everyone's sad. Oh. And it's like, okay. That's cool. I don't care. You know, I guess it's kind of like, they did not do a good job of like making you care. And then they went out of their way to be like, really, like, I, this is one of the things I complain about a lot. If the dialogue isn't well written and it's not grabbing and you make it really chatty, the book really chatty anyway, that's not a good way to write, you know, like less is better anyway. And it's like, but then like, it, like I'll use Bendis as an example. I'm not a big fan of the way he writes, but like I get why people like it because his stuff is like, 
oh yeah, we can make these jokes and it's really quippy and fun. But if you're like, Ben does amount of word bubbles and it's all just, you know, you trying to explain everything, not good. <laughs> like you have to have more faith in your artist to actually convey stuff that's going on to get across the reader. And you have to do stuff like smaller amounts versus just being like, let's tell them everything and make them read it all. So it's just, this was a really bad issue. And I think I'm, I'm hoping it's over because I'm done with it. I'm going to give it a, a two out of 10. <laughs> so it's your pick of the week. Yeah. How'd you know? <laughs> um, okay. I don't think you did. You didn't get Gambit, did you? Yeah. Okay. So I will do Gambit next. It's written by Chris Claremont with art by Sid Koshin. Koshin. Uh, it was it was fine, perfectly fine. This takes place when Storm was a kid. So Gambit's like taking her under his wing. And is like kind of training her to do some thief stuff. And because of that, it's like a little goofy in parts. And I wasn't really expecting goofiness here, especially when the villain is Shadow King. Because uh, I always thought he was just more of a serious, imposing X Men villain. But, you know, it's whatever. Art is okay. Uh, I did get this really nice Peach Momoko variant, which is very nice. Ooh, um, that's like 100% one of your dreams, isn't it? Peach Momoko doing Gambit? Yeah, yeah, she she knocks it out of the park. So also there is one scene where my city of St. Louis is repped here. So that was kind of neat to see. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Gambit didn't come by Comic oh, yes. Headquarters, though. He doesn't listen to this podcast because, you know, we tell him where it is every week. I know. I know. <laughs> um, but anyway, it was perfectly fine for a first issue. Depending on how heavy the week is uh, that issue two comes out, will determine whether or not I pick it up. So I'll give it like a 6.5. Uh, yeah, it was all right. I got a couple of questions really quick. Um, how are you rated? Because I think you've, you've read every Gambit series pretty much, correct? Yeah. How would you rate this then on the Gambit scale? Man, it's at like the bottom, honestly, um, which, which isn't yeah. really fair because it's just a first issue. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're trying to set yeah. stuff up. And also the last one that I read is at the tippy top of that scale. I so, knew that one would be because like you're like, I have to even get the inkers to autograph this one. Yeah, I know. It was <laughs> it was so good. So it's it's not really fair. I know I know it's been years since that series came out, but I'm like, man, I hope mm -hmm. it's as good as that one for no reason. I shouldn't have that expectation yeah. in my head, but I want it to be that good uh and it just wasn't so you know it is what it is also you yeah, know people love claremont but 
I just don't, I don't know that the stuff Claremont does today is as good as the stuff he did in the 80s. I think that's a big part of it, uh, in all honesty, because it's like, and I think he kind of falls into like the same stuff over and over again, because it's like, he's like, oh, I like these characters, and that's what I'm going to use. And he did that with his Exiles run, that's why his Exiles run, it was so bad. And then like Nightcrawler, he started using these like Z-list characters that he made up, you know, way back in the day. Yeah. I'm just like, boy, I don't care about this, you know? So... Yeah, I mean, uh, my other question, though, is how old is Gambit if he's hanging out with a young Storm? Or is he, like, time-traveling or something? So, hold on, because there's an answer to this. Uh, Okay, so... It says a recent encounter with the villainous nanny and orphan maker has left Aurora de-aged back to childhood with her memory and mutant power to control the weather unreliable at best. So oh, okay. So yeah, it's I feel like that's something that actually happened in X-Men comics and I just didn't read I th- it. I think it did. And yeah. so, you know, this is just one of those it took place then. So really, it's like, okay, then what are the stakes? But, I, you know, whatever. He, he's All the X-Men fans are going to pick it up and read it and love it because it's Claremont, and that's fine. Yeah. All right, so next up, it's going to be Kaiju Score 3 and 4 by James Patrick and Ren Brew. And this is fine. It's, you know, kind of got the, like, this, this one's the sequel to the last one, you know, and, like, it's supposed to be, like, the big, you know, like, oh, yeah, we got the, we did the score, and blah, 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 and, and then, you know, it's going to be bigger and better than last time, and it's, like, the stakes never felt near as high. It was, like, oh, this time, the only real thing that was kind of bigger is, like, I guess the monster fight, but even the monster fight wasn't that big of a deal. It just kind of, like, everything wrapped up, and it was fine. Yeah. And then, you know, like, and then even when, like, one of the characters gets shot, and it's like, do you remember in uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang when, like, Gay Perry came back from the dead, you know, basically nearly dying, like, having, you know, coughing up blood, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's what the movie company, you know, movie studios did because they're worried about, you know, the crowd getting upset that one of the, you know, best characters died. And, like, Abraham Lincoln walks in, like, all the people that died walked in. Like, that was getting vibes <laughs> like that from this, like, because it's like, oh, yeah, the gardener, he gets shot like four times, leading you to believe he's dead. And then it's just like, nope, he's alive. <laughs> a good thing, too, because he was able to save them, you know, it's just like, that's a bit, that's a bit much. But yeah, it's still like, perfectly fine but where like the other one was really really good this one's just like just a solid five i would not be like you guys gotta read this but i also would be like if you want to yeah it's you might enjoy it right it's a shame it's not a knockout yeah especially since i think it's already like i mean i know the first one's already been auctioned off for a movie so I, I'm assuming this one probably like they're like yeah we already got the sequels we're set up too you know that type of stuff right okay next for me is going to be 
Bloodborne Lady of the Lanterns number one. So here's the thing. I have never played Bloodborne because it's a PlayStation exclusive. Yeah, I didn't even know it was a game. Yes. Uh, PlayStation exclusive. Uh, but it is about demons and monsters and the people that hunt them during the plague. So what you guys are learning about me <laughs> is that I really like the gothic plague setting. Um, but it's a cool setting, especially when you add in like monster hunters and stuff. It's cool. Um, so yeah, I've read all the other Bloodborne comics. And when this one came out, I was like, heck yeah, more Bloodborne. I'm all about it. So this one is written by Colin Bunn. And the artwork is by Peter Kowalski. So I was worried because as Casey and I have talked about multiple times, Colin Bunn is okay. But I'll say, you know what, Casey? This year he's been better than okay. He's given us Godzilla Power yeah. Rangers. And I like this one. So, uh, you know, good for you, Colin. But anyway, this one he's is... A he's like, Yes! <laughs> the two, the two he's, podcast boys love me he's not listening he won't even step foot inside my shop <laughs> well because he knows what you, you don't like him so now he's like he's got his big list he's like i can go to comic headquarters now that is so not true i asked him years ago multiple <laughs> times but hey who's salty about it anyway uh so yeah this one is about the lady of the lanterns she is not a good guy if you will um and these two kids are inside their house and the girl's like you know dad went out to search for food he'll be back anytime and already i'm just like oh no he won't <laughs> and soon one of the the hunters and and a werewolf are like fighting outside their house and they you know crash through the door and the hunter kills the werewolf and saves the kids and but he gets injured so the kids like patch him up a little bit and let him sleep and then the lady of the lantern she sings sings a song and like it it's sort of uh what's the word i'm looking for uh Help me out. It it In, makes makes people know. makes people want to like come Order. to her. <laughs> oh, oh uh, <laughs> it um, entices them, oh, you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like what I said, accurate. Yeah, except there's kids involved, so I don't want to say that. Uh, so anyway, Chris Hansen shows up. Yeah, I know, right? I can take a seat. <laughs> <laughs> so the lady starts singing. And the girl uh, of the two kids sees her dad and uh, and goes outside. And then it cuts to the guy waking, like the hunter, he wakes up and he smells like really tasty food and he goes outside and the kids are like, we made food, come and eat. He's like, but I thought you kids were like starving. Where'd you get this yummy looking food? And uh, surprise, the girl has been infected 
and she turns into this creepy little demon girl and so the guy has to kill her right in front of her brother which is very dark and depressing i'm laughing because i'm uncomfortable saying it and then (laughs) the kid's like i'm not gonna stay in here with you and i can't make you leave so he runs out into the city and the guy's just like oh cover your ears boy cover your ears and then it says to be continued so i don't know if this mini series is going to be the hunter trying to save the boy or maybe it's just an adventure about the boy uh, but anyway, it was super cool. Really, really, really liked it. It's probably my pick of the week, honestly. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a ten. I I have no complaints. Well, I'll give it a nine because the art wasn't great, um, which is a real shame. But uh, it's very good if you're a fan of Bloodborne or you like that creepy gothic setting with monster stuff. Highly recommended. Right on, man. Okay, so next up, it's going to be Jenny Zero by Dave Dwonk and Proctor McKinney with Magenta King on the art. And I'm still loving this. We get some flashback stuff. It kind of jumps around a good bit. And more of the, the cult stuff going on, too. And next issue, we're going to have a big monster fight, it looks like. I mean, there's not really anything I can say to complain about. Not a lot happens in this one plot wise so that's like the one major problem this is kind of like a filler issue for the series but i'm enjoying it still i'm gonna probably go with uh, 7.5 since it is just kind of a filler okay i i think i just have our five mutuals question mark all right so then i'll count one two yep Okay, so I'll talk about Superman Space Age by Mark Russell. And, and by the way, I, I am going to read this. I just ran out of time, yeah. so. Yeah, so Superman has a sex change in this. It's crazy. Wow. But other than that, don't worry, I won't spoil anything else. <laughs> You're like every but, uh, customer yeah, at my is, store. <laughs> this is, uh, it's really neat. I mean, yeah, I there there is one thing that i'm going to complain about and this is like very much a jake gun complaint but it's farm related <laughs> so there's a part when clark is talking about john uh, about you know working on the farm and he's like it's like my other father didn't run a world he ran a farm and in my frustrated teenage mind he thought like a farmer meaning that he thought that you should start small and stay that way and it's like they're loading up hay and he's like that's enough for today i'm spent and they have all this hay left to do you're not gonna like it's still daylight out you're not gonna quit while they're still like you have to get the work done because you don't know if it's gonna rain tomorrow like you don't know the weather like you just keep going until you run out of space or stuff closes down like you don't just be like ah don't worry about it don't worry about it son with superpowers that can get this done in an instant We'll work tomorrow at it and the next day and the next day. Who cares what the weather brings? But I you know, I love I Farmer Casey's complaints. I really do. <laughs> I mean, we need them more. Like we need more John Kent stuff so I can be like, ah, oh, these old city slickers don't know a farm from a harm. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's really interesting. I liked it a lot. Um, the All Reds art is just incredible. It's Mark Russell does a really good job of writing Superman, as we know, 
and yeah it's just this is really cool i'm excited just to see where it goes the one thing i i don't really like is i don't like the design of i'm not gonna even say who it is because i don't want to spoil anything for jake but there's a character's design in it that i'm not the biggest fan other than that i love it i'm gonna go with a nine out of ten is there some of that classic mark russell humor there's some yeah okay so what order man do you want to do these next books in um man it's mostly dc but how about detective robin task force strange action sounds good to me man okay so we've got detective comics 1062 it's written by ram v with art by um rafael albuquerque so new creative team brand new story i'm just gonna go ahead and say i liked it quite a bit except for like a couple of very minor things what about you man yeah, no, I I loved it. I think it's neat that they're bringing it, bringing Barbatos back, you know. Yeah. And it's just <laughs> Barbatos. <laughs> yeah. Well, Barbatos, man, he's the best. Um, That's one of your best pronunciations yet. <laughs> uh, but no, like, so it's neat that they're bringing him back. I like I like Nightwing, Nightwing, and you know the little bit of Nightwing and Bruce we got so that was pretty cool and yeah no i'm i'm here for the ride i think i couldn't get into the size the size for your backup thing i'm gonna try reading wow crazy i mean it looks like something (laughs) i'd be into with all your sass aside i just was like i know it's fine uh, and i like the art by danny because i'm a fan of of them at this point but uh, I want to I want to talk about my my one little complaint here, and it's the part with Talia. She shows up, takes down a person, and then it's just like, I came here to warn you, Bruce. They're coming, and you're not prepared. And then she leaves. I hate like I just don't like when that happens. It's like, bro, you could have sent like a text. You know what I mean? Why did she have to come all this way just to do that one thing and be like, it's a warning. And then boom, she's gone again. Just like call or something. Well, she's also just like, I got this new outfit. I need to see if he's going to be looking at my tushy because I know he's still in love with Catwoman, but but obviously he this is. is a skin tight outfit. <laughs> I know. And he's just like, do you get Batman's what I like, mean though? Hmm. Like, is it unwarranted that yeah. I think that's goofy? It's it's one of those things where I don't think it would be as bad if they didn't do it all the time. Right. But it's you know all what the I mean? time. It's one of those now. things where <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But also a text <laughs> if he's like going to battle and it's like, you know, hit Batman Siri, it's just like, you have a text. It's <laughs> <laughs> It would be a little goofy. <laughs> Just been waiting to do the Batman voice, haven't you? <laughs> I know. 
Uh, but yeah, yeah other than I'm, that, I'm, I'm enjoying it. No, it's it's fine. It's fine. I like the rest of it a lot. Um, <laughs> I think Barbados is cool, <laughs> but Barbados. I think Barbados is pretty sweet. <laughs> um i like this other this new group that's like coming to gotham they they seem you know new and fun so yeah i'm excited man i'm excited i'm gonna give it an 8.5 i'm just at an eight but i you know i I dug it all right so robin issue 16 by old roger cruz and joshua williams and you know, I didn't really know that uh, old skeleton dude was such a player, you know? Well, shame on Roger Cruz for drawing Grandma Al Ghul so hot, right? Yeah. And it's just like, it's like, boy, you know, she's boned. Ha <laughs> <laughs> sex but uh because <laughs> he's a skeleton right. but yeah no i i like this we get some you know connor and damien team up and i have no idea who the old uh is like what cousin or whatever is i don't remember seeing her me either did you did you see because you got that one issue that I didn't get that was like Shadow War related where it was all like the little snippets. Was she in that? Dude, if she was, she was very forgettable. <laughs> I gotcha. But I, I like the Tokyo but, stuff. The the Oni guy was cool. The arcade, you know, that whole arcade scene was pretty cool. I'm glad that Flatline yeah. is back in the mix. So What are you rating it, my boy? I liked it. I enjoyed the whole the thing as a whole. Uh, the art's good. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's it's a very enjoyable read. So I'm gonna say nine out of ten. Okay, and I'm at an eight. So there you go. Right. And see, I really figured this one would be your pick of the week because we got so much bloom in it. It's like a dang old uh, being at the Outback Steakhouse, you know, getting a blooming onion. Except it's a human comic. <laughs> Dude, honestly, when I was like, I think it might be my pick of the week with Bloodborne, it's because Task Force Z was also right up there with it. Yeah. All right. So Task Force Z number 10. And it's written by Matthew Rosenberg with art by Eddie Barrows. And finally, we had all of our Bane questions answered, Casey. What did you think of this? I liked it a lot. Uh, Like, the only real thing that kind of annoyed me is Solomon Grunny shouldn't have been taken out by a dang old car, you know? Other than that, I thought this was awesome. Everything about it was cool. And the way they, they did the Bane stuff was crazy. And then the big reveal of who Bane actually was, was super awesome. Cause that's like, those characters are characters that, you know, you didn't read Tom King's Batman, which is like good for you, but it's like, those are characters that just got forgot about now. Like they were big, big parts of that, that series. 
randomly, like sporadically, they were big parts, you know, it was like whenever he wanted it to be, but it's, yeah. And, and then like at nothing. And now it's like, oh, well, we got to see one of them now. So that's really interesting. So one thing, okay. Before my question, I think it's cool that Rosenberg is taking these characters that were used one time and are making them cool, right? Yep. Now, because I didn't read Tom King's run, I didn't know this character was dead. Are both of them dead? No. Gotham Girl, I'll spoil it. Spoiler alert, Gotham Girl's still alive. Don't know where she is. And then Gotham... Isn't she like a bad guy? She became good towards the end, so then she became a good guy. It's one of those one of those things. Okay, but yeah, he basically died early on because he overused his powers and his body burnt out, basically. So now that shouldn't be an issue. So we'll see how that works out. What like what are his power levels? Uh, basically, if he's let's say he's fighting Batman, he'll be stronger than Batman. But then if he's fighting Superman, he'll be stronger than Superman. And so, like, he basically was fighting the whole Justice League, and his body just was kept getting more and more powerful, and it couldn't take it anymore, and then he just burned out and died. That's how I remember it, anyway. But it's been, like, four years at this point. Right. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, we got... It was a very Bloom-heavy issue, as you said... So I loved it. I did I did think one part was really stupid though. Uh I don't know who it is, but it's when they're with Waller and like the fish guy comes in and Peacemaker just punches him one time and just kills him with that one punch. And yeah. I'm like that just seems kind of dumb. Uh but anyway, other than that Those things with Peacemaker are yeah i mean that's fair but yeah really really liked it bloom was hilarious in this as always so uh okay i gotta i got to read a quote from bloom i have to find it really quick because i it had me laughing there's a part when he's talking about the oh he's like something that something about foreplay and grundy's response was so funny and he's like He's, oh, yeah, because he said so. He's like, but alas, watching your team uh, tear you into tiny little bite sized pieces has become quite a little fetish of mine these last few weeks. Don't kink shame me. And then Grundy goes, Grundy kink shame Bloom to pieces. He's like, you're not using that term correctly. <laughs> yeah. Um, that reminded me of my favorite quote. Boy, this is just so good for those people listening. Yeah, right. Oh, here it is. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm... Uh, it's when he when he's talking with Jason there, and he's like, "Oh, Jason, I really wasn't coming here to kill you. I promise. I actually like you being alive. I never told you this, but I consider you my best friend." <laughs> I'm just like, what? <laughs> Oh, and then he says, but don't tell Batman. It's just like, man, this guy is <laughs> off his freaking rocker, and it's so funny. He would be so much fun in a, 
uh, Battenson movie, you know? He would be. He really would be. But uh, yeah, the Peacemaker thing brings us down to a 9.5. Otherwise, I, I really did just love everything about it. Yeah, I'm at a 9. I really liked it, but I don't know. It just didn't, didn't blow my hair back, you know, for a 10. Okay, so next up, it is Strange. And this is by Jay McKay and uh, Marcelo Ferrara. Also, maybe boy. the coolest cover of the week, I'll say. Like, yeah. incredible yeah. cover. Yeah, I mean, what'd you think of this? Because, oh, oh, boy, I thought highly of it. <laughs> I liked it a lot, too. I mean, the stuff with Clea's mother was really, really good. Um, I really liked that interaction and just how pompous she was and then the only thing that I really have to complain about is at the end when it says to be concluded and like we knew this wasn't going to last but I really thought that it was going to be more than five issues yeah one thing that I I mean they kind of tried they tried to explain it away but I don't know who this guy is the shadow knight do you know who he is is he from he's a moon knight baddie I'm assuming um i mean moon knight fought a bunch of like mummy moon knights two issues ago so i think it's just one of those guys okay so but it's like this shadow even though he is bad and blah 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 it's like thunderstrike he still had the mace and she's like ah he was still being a good guy trying to fight it so that's why i could beat him so easily okay but shadow knight someone that moon knight was able to beat even amped up with magic should not be harder to beat than zombified Thunderstrike, who's a watered-down Thor. Like, that should not be how that works. Right. No, I but agree. Other than that, I I, I loved it. Uh, I thought like, like the, I thought it was hilarious that, like, you know that those people that attacked and they, you know, when, like, they see, oh, yeah, there's another warlord... <laughs> here like they had to be crapping their pants and she just like is ripping them apart like i thought that was hilarious agreed man and, yeah it was really really good i just, i really really liked it i'm gonna probably be at a 9.5 for this one yeah uh i i'm at a nine for it as well i think this was one of the better issues and that is actually like really saying something Okay, which leaves us with Action Comics 1045. It's written by Philip Kennedy Johnson and art by Will Conrad. So where were you on this one, man? I liked it, but like, I'll start off with my one complaint. <clears throat> so Steele's daughter, she should be, uh, I mean, I know like they're because they're, like where they're at, it's making stuff lighter. She should look blacker than this, but they very kind of like she looks very uh, more Caucasian, in my opinion, than she should, especially like right here. Like, like the these these people look the same in their whiteness, and then she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm going Michael Jackson style, bleaching my skin to blend in." Like it just <laughs> doesn't really work. <laughs> All right, but. 
other than that, that's my only real complaint. Uh, it's super, like, Bill Kenny Johnson writing Superman, still awesome. The the weird dude at the end, you know, the, the Byla stuff, like, that was, that was interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see how that goes. And then, like, the backup story was fun. There was this guy, like, I always remember seeing pictures of him and Superman-related stuff, and I never, never once, I remember there was toys of him. Never once actually read a comic with him in it. So the fact that he showed up and then we also are going to get to see some uh, Keenan Kong in the next backup issue. It's got me pretty hyped. What about you, man? How are, how are you feeling on it? No, I liked it a lot. Backup was fine. Um, you know, good Superman moments with the kids there at that one spot. And then at the end... You know, I, I think that next issue is going to have some pretty big action scenes in it, which should be lots of fun. So, yeah, uh, much like everything from this War World arc, this one was incredible. So it gets a nine out of ten for me. I'm at a nine point five. This will probably be my pick. It would have been a ten had the color colors been a little bit better. Um, and also just. Really quick, you were probably one of the only other like five people that read uh, the Chinese Superman book. How hyped are you for Kong Keenan to come back? Because I'm hyped as hell. I'm hyped too. That book was a lot of fun. And Philip Kennedy Johnson, we know, will do it well. So, okay, man. We're running long. So, I'm going to skip the tweet of the week this time because we were going to have a big, long discussion on it so let's go into what we're excited for sure uh so i will say sort of azrael for some reason the one shot prequel and the number one of the series both come out this week i don't know why uh but i will say that um moon knight 14 as well and Let's see. Oh, uh, Demon Wars, Iron Samurai. Right on. I'm going to go Triple G this week. Uh, Ghost Rider, Godzilla, and Golden Rage. Golden Rage sounds like a hoot. Like, I'm genuinely, like, after I read what that's about, I'm like, that sounds so dumb and so much fun. Yeah, I agree. All right, man. Since it was your idea, you want to take control of the Fantastic Four? Sure. So uh, it, it's extra fitting this week because Task Force Z came out. But, you know, I'm reading DC versus Vampires. We're both reading Task Force Z. So if you could assemble a team of four non-living heroes or villains to save the world in that sort of crisis. All right. Does uh, Blake count as non-living since he's part vampire? I hope he counts because he's on my list. Oh, okay, so I'm gonna go Blade. I'm gonna throw in Zombie Thunderstrike because he, you know, that that's canon now. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll go with uh, trying to think. Uh, Phantom Stranger. I mean, I, he's immortal. He's I'm gonna say undead. Yeah. Why not? And then we'll go with I'm trying to think of like someone weird someone fun uh i don't know 
I'm trying to think of someone that you know oh frankenstein dc's frankenstein not marvel's i'm glad you said that because i left him off my list knowing that you would choose him yeah he's awesome okay and then for me i'm gonna go with spawn uh i'm gonna go with grundy because he i you know a van should not take him out he should be very helpful in that situation blade uh, because he's dope and then this one's probably too op but the specter at least this way you for sure will save the world yeah yeah how (laughs) how could you go wrong yeah (laughs) the other three really won't have much to do so dude spawn and specter it's like the i just i've heard stories about spawns op powers like towards the end it's like boy it's gonna take something real rough for both yeah. of them to have trouble like nightwing is the head vampire yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right folks and with that we come to the end of the episode so closing plugs if you would please go to facebook.com slash two worlds podcast and give our page a like you can also follow us on Twitter at two underscore worlds underscore PC. And you can follow us on Instagram at two worlds pod. You may email us at two worlds podcast at gmail.com. And if you would, please go to our YouTube channel. That is two worlds podcast on YouTube and subscribe to the channel. Leave us a comment about, you know, what your team would be of undead or, you know, partially dead or just non living characters. Love to hear it. All right, guys, we'd love to stay in chat, but I have to keep a promise that I made to Casey. So we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.